So um, I think we can all agree. And by all of us, I mean me telling you guys to agree with me here uh, that Melinda Gates has taken over everything, right? It's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not, it's clear. The, the divorce was kind of a white pill for me because I was getting kind of worried about all that land that he's buying up. And, mm. and I feel like now that's going to get hopefully get like broken up a little bit as a result of this. <laughs> to Melinda. That's like yeah. Melinda's just doing the I same mean, even thing. Even if it only gets broken half, right? you know what I mean? Like it's, that's still better than just one guy. Having. Oh God. Every, I, did yeah. they, like, I don't know. They just, they, they act like Melinda doesn't like, how do you marry Bill Gates for so long? And you're just like, I just, found out about this stuff like <laughs> they say she like consulted a lawyer you know what yeah. i mean for when he when she found out he hung out with epstein and stuff and it's like oh my god i don't know it's they're doing these soft cancellations i think right now is my is my theory with everybody involved in the covid process and this is i have nothing to base this on except just just i i didn't predict this no yeah, no this not. is just me yeah. so it's it's i think Look, Cuomo was the first one, right? Cuomo yeah. gets canceled for, you know, being Italian. And then uh, yeah. you get uh, you get Gates, right? And then not not Matt Gates, by the way, but uh, you get Bill <laughs> Gates, who gets uh, who gets thrown out, thrown aside for being like having like naked pool parties and stuff, which is like, you know, maybe like the reason number thirteen hundred on the list, I would cancel Bill Gates. And then uh <laughs> My next thing is that Fauci's going to get me too. I, I think you he's think gonna get, so. Yes, absolutely. Because of the lab leak. But but to hide the lab leak, it's going to be something like this. Or he steps down. You know what I mean? Like he does this Lou Gehrig speech at like Yan at Yankee Stadium. Like today, I consider myself. And then steps. Yeah, I mean, down. he could do that because I mean, his age. He's. At, I mean, Fauci's a lot older. I think that a lot of people realize. So he could just do that. Uh, yeah. And I think that would just sort of be a smooth exit. Yeah. I mean, one of my theories on Fauci has always been like. The reason he was so, you know, enthusiastic about all the COVID stuff was to be remembered for something other than yeah. botching the AIDS thing in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So I, I think that has something to do with <laughs> what's gone on for the past, you know, year and a half. Yeah, he's just, the whole the whole year and a half is just one man's psychosomatic <laughs> trauma. <laughs> yeah. he, just, he just he just keeps looking at that same AIDS picture on his wall, like, oh, I gotta yeah, get back yeah. to this. Let me move this gain of function lab to China. We're gonna get rolling, boys. Get the squad back together, boys. Let's well, go. I was, I was thinking they could always like give give him a fake COVID death to like take him out and instill fear. Two birds, one stone oh, kind of vibe, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I just saw that the other day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> ah. To the six, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on a whip. I need food for the kids, money for the rent. Fuck a lockdown, baby. I can't do that shit. And I don't never vote, cause I'm fucking broke. And either way, I know the police ain't gonna leave me alone. On a plane by the visit, Glen Rock, me crypto told me I should bring the Glock with me. So I packed up my piece and I'm sliding. Cause we might get caught up in a riot. Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden. Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? With that rare candy paint job on a whip, who you with? All right, so we've got Jeff Vandrew here today. I said your name right, Jeff, right? You did, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So, um, so Jeff, you have a business that we... Uh, first off, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Can you drop it for us here? Uh, it's at Vandrew, A-T-T-Y-C-P-A. Got it, okay. So you have a business, and correct me if I'm wrong here, 
where you can convert 401ks into Bitcoin IRAs? Yeah. So basically, if you have a 401k from an old employer or you have an existing IRA, you can do a rollover. Um, I'm not a financial services firm. Actually, uh, I'm a lawyer. Uh, and what right. we do is we set up a legal structure so that you can hold Bitcoin in your IRA, but while you hold your own private keys. So you don't have to use any mm -hmm. sort of financial institution as a custodian of your Bitcoin. And I've actually been, I've actually been doing this since 2014. Oh, wow. yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's great. I, I know I have a lot of questions about all that. And it's something that I think is needed in today's world. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not, I've never been like shuffling money away into a 401k, but I knew it was always important. And this is like a way to do it in a cool way, I think. Right. And yeah, you know, right. To, I put mean, it, it's, to put it in like a dumb bro term, you know, but there's a lot no, of, it is. I mean, yeah. a lot of people just have, yeah. you know, from an old job or whatever, they've got money in this retirement account that they've been saving away. And if you want to be able to put it in Bitcoin uh, and try, you know, as an inflation hedge or, you know, whatever your particular outlook on Bitcoin might be, this is a way to do it in a way where, you know, where you hold the keys, which is important on two counts. Number one, yeah. You know, when you hold your own keys, that's how the money is uncensorable. You know, it can't be, you know, can't just be seized. You can't get, you know, canceled for saying or thinking the wrong thing. And, you know, we've seen people get debanked for stuff like that. That can't happen if you're holding your own keys. And then secondly, uh, just for a practical matter, it's a lot cheaper. You don't have to pay a storage fee or anything mm. to a third party custodian. Yeah. Cool. You should ask them that trading question because I'm interested. Yeah. Wait, about the, yeah, well, I, yeah, I figured... I don't know when we would get to this in the episode, but it's it's dope. Now, yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. <laughs> it's on the docket now. Yeah, yeah. Now I've heard of, like people being able to because you're correct me. Just tell me how far this can go because I'm okay. like I've been learning just so much about trading and even like scalping and you know pretty short time frame stuff. And I know this is a long term investment. Are you? But are you able to take trades on this Bitcoin? Yeah, long and short under your own keys. How does that work with the taxes uh, can, and everything? Like how much you can can't you put in here? short? So okay. uh, basically, you can trade as much as you want, and they're all non-taxable transactions because they're taking place within an IRA. So when you say trade without short, just buy and sell spot, right? That's, yeah, exactly. That, okay. Shorting. Okay. So under the IRS uh, rules, basically shorting with retirement fund assets is a problem. But anything <laughs> Why? So, yeah, jeez. Are you kidding me? Uh <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. But your, yeah. your standard long trades are fine. Yeah, so, and no leverage, too. <laughs> yes, no leverage, yeah. no margin. So, what, yeah. what, like, what exchange do you do that on, or what, like, what, you know, who, who's the? I know you hold your own keys, but who's the mediator of this legally? Is it? Can you do it through Coinbase or Coinbase Pro? Yeah, or, I mean, basically. So, yeah. I set up an entity for you, an investment trust that's owned by your IRA, over which uh, you're the over which you're the trustee. Uh, yeah. So it's its own entity with its own tax ID number. So any exchange yeah. that will allow, allow you to open what's called an institutional account uh, oh, you know, registered okay. to an entity, uh, you'd yeah. be able to use that. And you're able, so, and you do that. And is there a limit of amount of Bitcoin you can buy per year? And how long to wait until the tax-free kicks in? Until what age? Well, I mean, you, get, you yeah. be, if you're rolling over from an existing IRA or 401k, you can roll over the whole thing. And however much money you have in there, you can use all of it to buy Bitcoin. Okay. Um, if you're making annual contributions, if you're not self-employed, 
uh, the IRS limits to $6,000 in annual contributions each year. But okay. like I said, rollovers don't count against that. So if you're doing a rollover from like a job, you know, old 401k account or an existing IRA, mm-hmm. um, there's no limitation on that at all. Okay. But you could start fresh with your own yep. non-employer thing, right? Okay. And then that would be, yeah, you'd be limited to six grand a year on that. Yeah. Cool. Six grand a year in, so you, you buy it in Bitcoin, then whatever it does that year is just the investment, right? Exactly. Right. The only, the only limitation is on the actual annual contribution Mm -hmm. that you make six grand a year. If you're under 50 years old, seven grand a year, if you're over 50. Okay. And then, but you can always sell into cash, including the fees and everything. And then that'll still be the non-taxable thing at the end. Exactly. You got it. And what was, was the age again that you can, like, how long does it have to sit before you 59 and a half? Oh, that, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Next next year for you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So theoretically, you could just, you could, I'm just thinking in in terms of like a trader, you could keep buying the maximum amount every year, as most people do, or, you know, at least near that. Yeah. And you could just keep, you could theoretically take scalp longs, just buying and selling into cash as long as you cover fees and, you know, and then some over and over again. And just get all that tax free at the end by the time you're 59 and a half. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. That's right. So I That's think crazy. we know what we're doing uh, yeah, yeah. next year. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. I'll, t- I'll tell you who doesn't know what they're doing is damn China is messing with my holdings right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So I, I, I'm new to like the world of, of Bitcoin. I've been like buying and holding for a while yeah. and just, I, I don't know like the outside stories of it and stuff, but like, what is it with like I read in CNN today that China is just like, we don't like it. We you know, you can do whatever you do, but we don't encourage any businesses to take Bitcoin or anything. And this was like worse of a drop than than Elon Musk. made. Yeah. This is, and this isn't the first time they've done that. Right. Like, I remember a China crash a couple of years or like a year and a half ago. Right? Yeah, I think. Pretty, yeah, I remember that. Similar. Too. Yeah. China is very yeah. schizophrenic with the Bitcoin <sighs> stuff. Yeah. Like there's just like they'll. They'll ban it for a while, then they'll loosen up and then they'll place some more restrictions there. They don't seem to have a really consistent Bitcoin policy per se. And most um, of the miners are there, which makes it extra complicated, right? Where the, and the Well, the pools, the pools the pool. tend to be located there. Okay. Uh, where the actual miners are that actually participate in the mining pools, um, that's a different story. I mean, a lot of them are in China, too. <laughs> China has cheap energy and, you know, mining is going to go to wherever there's the cheapest energy. Right. I mean, that's sort of yeah. sort of the nature of it. Um, that's the idea behind it. But excuse me. Yeah. I mean, there is no matter how you want to break it down, exactly how much is in China. Yes, it's very significant. That's crazy. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I just have to interject and say, I think this is the worst thing to come out of China in the last year and a half personally the worst <laughs> thing like i can't think of anything else but yeah. the uh yeah it's it's nuts because like i just from like twitter i i was never into like crypto twitter um or at least like i didn't see anybody really even talking about it much until like dogecoin honestly like where it would just like everybody was talking about some kind of altcoin or bitcoin or something but i i thought it was funny um like so many people like you know we, we come from kind of like a leftist background and stuff but like a lot of people like people hate Bitcoin. Yes. Like it's 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 yeah. Nuts. Let's get into this. Let's yeah. yeah. People you're the perfect guy to ask about. Yeah. Yeah. I, like well, I it's so weird because like for me when I was like 
getting trying to navigate what my politics were. And I was like, well, the left seems like they're somewhat anti-establishment wrong. But the <laughs> then then the like people are like, Bitcoin is horrible for the environment. It's you know, it, it's never going to end up being anything, you know, tangible as far as like a like a real currency and stuff. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, but I just want to get like a little bit rich. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah, what is what, what is wrong with me just trying to get make a little bit of money? I don't give a shit what it ends and up they, becoming. And yeah. I think there's a reaction against the it's like one of those things where the type of person, a Bitcoiner yes. is and they and they don't want to be that. Yeah. They're like these fucking nerds and these libertarians or pedophiles. Like, it's like, yeah, you're a fucking yes. pedophile. Yeah, it's exactly. like, what? Yeah. yeah. Dark, you're dark web fucking buying like research chemicals and shit. If you're in, yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. A lot of it is because yeah. they just, you know, well, there's there's a, there's a host of things here. I mean. Part of it is, you know, the the economic system in I was going to say the West, but really the entire world really is very heavily dependent on having an inflationary fiat currency. Right. Like the, the current system, the whole way our economy is set up, you know, this very financialized economy that we live in um, needs that to survive. It literally could not exist in a hard money system. So when you look at it through that, I guess, lens, like if you've got some, you know, financial incentive to the current economic system, this has to be something that you're not going to like very much. Right. So it makes sense in that regard that you'll just kind of come up with whatever reasons you possibly can to hate Bitcoin, hate people that are into Bitcoin, you know, the, the whole nine yards. Yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's crazy because like. I yeah I I've seen some people that are like Bitcoin crashes and they're like yeah take that pedophiles I'm just like what <laughs> that? yeah I guess and they're it, not talking and to it, me. it crashes from from like it crashes a huge amount but after it's gained from three thousand dollars just like a couple months ago you know what I mean or a year yeah. ago right that's the funny thing they're like. There's and all those headlines that are every year like Bitcoin crashes and then you see the price curve and it's like it's just a fucking huge <laughs> thing. And I, you know, and I get there are like valid criticisms of it and people that are way too literal are kind of like it's not cash. It's not like it's not the same thing. You can't buy stuff, with, which is not true. You can buy stuff with it. But I get the yeah. critiques of it. But it's 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 not about that. It's it's it represents something, too. Right. It's it's kind of like a you know, this is the first time this has been tried. And it, it really it works like a charm and honestly yeah. and for the first iteration it's it's fucking king you know and i'm agnostic on you know i'm not a maximalist or anything you might be i don't know you know i'm not i'm just kind of looking at this at the outside and i just learned how to trade and it's it, it's awesome asset to trade because it respects technical levels so well and uh you, you know it's definitely a it can be a gold mine you know but it's it's just so i don't know the critiques are weird um and everyone's got an angle and yeah, and the, definitely the anti-establishment thing. What's well, like? Well, what's your solution? Yeah, you know, what are you what, pro-US you dollar? Yeah, I'm yeah, big pro-US yeah, dollar yeah. leftist. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's weird. So, it, mm -hmm. you know, the reason that I got into it was basically just if you look at, have you guys ever looked at any of the charts that uh, show all the different things that went haywire economically starting in 1971? So, like, if you look at the housing. So there's a website that's just literally these charts that I'm talking about. It's mm -hmm. uh, I think it's WTF happened in 1971.com. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, if you look at those, so 1971 for people who are listing is the year that the United States came off, effectively came off the gold standard. Mm -hmm. I mean, what we had up until then wasn't a true gold standard, but it was sort of a, a quasi gold standard. And if you look 
what happened from that point forward, basically economic inequality soared. Um, a lot of people don't particularly, you know, people on the left, I don't think really think about this very much, but one of the reasons for increasing inequality is, you know, when, when the, when the money is not tied to a hard asset like gold, the government has the ability to print as much of it as they want. And when they print it, there's this concept called the Cantillon effect, which basically means the people that get the benefit of this newly printed money are the people that get it first. Um, because if I print a bunch of new dollars, that inflation doesn't start, uh, you know, popping up in prices of goods and, you know, what you're buying at the right. supermarket or whatever the case might be right away. The economy, the money, that newly printed money has to actually make it out into the economy for that to start happening. So the people that get handed that newly printed money first, they get the advantage of having all this new money, but still being able to buy stuff at the old prices, right? You know, being able Shit. to snap up assets at the old prices. Damn. So, and the people that get newly printed money first are by definition, big banks and the largest clients of the big banks that are the ones that get it next in line after them. So it's a major yeah. driver of economic inequality is the fiat system. And it also creates a thing where if you just want to be, you know, there was a time not that long ago, mid 20th century, where, I mean, you didn't, if you were just a regular person working a regular job, you could save and retire without like having to learn how to like play the stock market, right? It's very mm -hmm. weird that we expect like just regular people to know how to invest. Like that's odd when you really take time to think about it. It doesn't really make much sense because mm -hmm. that's not what their job is. Like if you're a plumber, your job is to be a plumber. If you're a dentist, your job is to be a dentist. Right. It's not to understand yeah. the stock market, but you kind of have to, you know, get involved in that nowadays if you ever want to retire. But that wasn't always For the real. case, right? You, if your money held its value better, you didn't necessarily have to do that. You could just save in a more traditional method. Uh, yeah. So that to me, that's the appeal of Bitcoin. Bitcoin, like gold, is a hard money uh, where it has a finite supply. Mm -hmm. It's preferable to gold because it's, you know, it's, it's actually easier for government. Gold is less transparent because of the lack of a public ledger. Mm -hmm. So it's easier for governments to and other entities to sort of manipulate the gold market, uh, which is obviously a very common thing. And then also it kind of improves upon a lot of the downsides of gold, right? Like gold's heavy. So it's tough to make payments on gold because it's like it's heavy. It's not easily yeah. divisible. Like if you, you can't really buy a cup of coffee in gold, like what are you going to shave like a tiny little you know, <laughs> yeah. thing off there? Like, like it would be like garlic and good fellas. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like it's not really practical, but a Bitcoin is infinitely divisible, right? As many decimal places as you can imagine. I mean, yeah. the current algorithms only goes to one, 100 millionth, but that's not a yeah. fixed uh, a Satoshi, thing. if you will. Right? Yes, a yeah, Satoshi. Like, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the idea. It's basically just an improvement upon the gold standard and one that would be, you know, harder to censor or break right. uh, to return to, to a fiat system. And my primary interest in it is sort of, I, I think it's, you know, when it comes to these sort of things, like these sort of economic issues, or if you want to sound libtarded, you can say economic justice issues or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, like I'm an all of, a, of the above type of guy where, you know, I don't think that any potential solution that could make the could improve the lot of average working people is worth taking a shot at. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think Bitcoin is one of those solutions. I don't think it's the only one. I don't think it's the be all end all, but yes. I think it's something that moves in the right direction. And that's why, you know, I'm involved in it. 
Sounds you're an, pretty. You're an you're an EJW. Is what you are. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. And to, yeah, and to your to your point on the, I resonated so much when you said like that. You know, people all need to figure out the stock market in order to have a shot and you yeah. know really living a living the good life or whatever. And I I resonated with that because I'm I'm I look at this thing and I'm like, yeah, you know, it'll it'll be challenging, but I can learn to trade this thing, and and that's my only way out. You know, like I, I dropped out of school and I was just like doing wage stuff you know and yeah and i'm i'm happy with that you know i'm i'm you know but there's i know i'm not gonna buy a fucking land you know and and start a farm with that kind of money you know yeah and now with bill like, gates on and everything bud yeah yeah i just want a little just give me a little slice bill yeah <laughs> melinda a crumb yeah, the pie. yeah melinda yeah so yeah i was and you know and it, it is a funny thing and all that whole rush of you know, everyone is becoming a trader with the Robinhood apps now and shit and everyone, you know, wants to let it ride. And obviously that, that pisses off, you know, with the whole Gamergate thing, that was super interesting. You know, people can get pissed off hedge funds and whatnot. And of course, you know, like most retail will lose money trying to, you know, you know, trying to flip $10,000 or something. It's just kind of a fucked up thing. If you know, the more you get into it, but, but I think that it's, uh, you know, the possibilities are really endless with this and we're seeing that. And you must've felt, you know, you were into Bitcoin, like you said, like three years before it got major, major coverage. It, did you feel like so red pilled or let in, in, in a little secret, you know, before everyone else? Like, how was that? Yeah. I mean, so I got sort of involved in 2014 um, yeah. when it was, it was still pretty obscure. Right. And um, yeah, it was weird. I mean, I didn't, I, 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 it's been more successful than obviously I even allowed myself to think about at the time. Right. Yeah. Because it, it, we all kind of have a, a normalcy bias where we just kind of assume that things will change over time, but they'll change within sort of like a, yeah. a band or a range. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't see things like uh, rapid change, rapid accelerating change is not something that I, I don't think human beings are sort of naturally primed to be on the lookout for. So mm-hmm. it's been a lot, more uh, the uptake the institutional adoption all that stuff are things that in 2014 just weren't even on my radar mm-hmm. what, what were you using back then to buy your first your you know your first bitcoin your oh, how are you holding your keys you know, uh, what was available back then before that yeah so i bought initially i did not hold my own keys but i did start doing that pretty early on and i the first thing that i used for holding my own keys was the Trezor when the Trezor was brand new, when the first Trezor like first came out. The little one, um, the USB thing or the... Yeah, it's a, it's a USB thing. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> um, that's, that, was, that was the first hardware wallet that I had back in those days. In those days, there were, probably Trezor and Ledger were the only two back then. I don't even remember for sure, um, right. you know, commercially available hardware wallets. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it, it's it's funny because it's it's like you said, everybody at my work, I work in road construction, everybody at my work is checking like the market, the the crypto market now. And, and mm-hmm. I think it's good. And I think that's part of the reason why there's so many like almost kind of nihilist leftists and and people on the left. And I, that's the only people I ever really see mad about it. Like in that's our like, circle to, you know, yeah, it's, like, it's some normie yeah, shit so now, so, which is good. Yeah. That's like objectively a good thing when mm-hmm. normies get into something that's really not normal. Just you the know? fact yeah. that I could that I could send you a trustless amount of something we call money, you know, just through a phone without any anyone fucking with it or anything, you know, 
is just so powerful. Even if you have to interact with banks and fiat at some point, mm-hmm. you know, it's just so cool. It's just, yeah, it's like nothing else for sure. Well, and, and also, uh, and I, I meant to ask Jeff this guy, I heard you talk about this on a, on a good old boy stream a little bit, and maybe if you could expand on it, but like, yeah, if, if the powers that be, whoever it is, you know, I mean, banks or anything like that really want to take down Bitcoin, they'd have to go through the holders, right? Through the through the apps, like the, the Coinbase and stuff to, to maybe halt transaction. Like, do you see that happening soon? Like, well, so the I mean, if you really wanted to ban Bitcoin, the way to do it, <laughs> it would be really hard to just try and like get people to voluntarily turn over their Bitcoin because it, it's hard. It would be hard to tell who even has it, right? Like where their keys are. That, that's, there's not a real easy way to do that. The way to sort of go after Bitcoin would be to ban the exchanges that allow you to convert back and forth between fiat currency and Bitcoin, because that would obviously have a really severe impact on Bitcoin's value. And what you're, the whole gambit that you're making, at least the way that I see it when you're getting involved with Bitcoin, is, is I refer to it as turning the monster against Dr. Frankenstein. So mm. what you want is you want these, these institutions that you don't like, or if you're like me that you don't like, like banks and, and investment funds, um, you actually want them to start investing in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Because the more that they start investing in Bitcoin, as much as I might hate them, uh, the harder it is for the government then to sort of shut down the exchanges and negatively impact right. the value of Bitcoin. Because someone they actually care about would be negatively impacted by it. Now, the sort of criticism of what I've just said is, well, you know, these institutions aren't stupid. They know that if this is a long-term threat to their institution, um, you know, why would they invest in it? Why wouldn't they just shut it down before they invested in it? And I think what that view fundamentally fails to consider is that institutions are made up of people. So if you work at some institution that in the long term is negatively going to be impacted by Bitcoin, but at the same time you realize its potential value, it actually doesn't make sense for you to work to try and shut it down. It, work, mm. it, it makes sense for you to try and buy it and invest in it and make yourself rich. What do you care if the bank you work for, uh, you know, yeah. if it shortens their lifespan as long as you get rich? So again, it's it's sort of that's what where I come into the, the term, you know, turning the monster against Dr. Frankenstein. You're using people's own greed uh, to prevent this thing from being shut down. It's almost like owning the means of your production. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Which the left tends to hate, I guess. Now, so all right, yeah. interesting. So Noted. True. Yeah, and yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah. the uh, yeah, so I was gonna I was gonna pivot a little bit here because. Uh, you know, in typical cryptocurrency fashion, let's get into some COVID truther stuff too. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's just oh, lean into dude. it. Let's dude, lean is in. that the same? You sent me the good old boys with Jeff, right? This was a no. I, I started. So, dude, I started I, that bang so old. hard. I was like, we got to get this guy on. Thanks. For, yeah, yeah so it was one of the COVID was, COVID episodes yeah. where you guys were just talking about COVID. So like, and right I, up I'm, our alley with the COVID. I know. <laughs> and I was new. I was actually really new to the good old boys. I had never really listened to them, yeah. and I uh, love them. By the way, it's it's awesome, and and it's cool to hear somebody so different from such a different part of where from like they're they're so different territorially and just culturally and stuff but at the end of the day i'm like i totally could like get down with these dudes on something if something ever popped off like i'm just like yeah they get it you know and uh so i heard you on there and speaking of getting it there's only a few people 
that at least I see that truly understand what the hell's going on with COVID right now, where even if people now are becoming a little more truther and stuff, buying into the lab leak stuff there, you were out on masks early, right? I mean, you were actually pro mask early before anybody was pro mask. Correct. Uh, from yeah, 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 which, yeah. It, which, and me too, like I freaked out when nobody was freaking out. And then, I mean, it's like, I sound like some hipster or something, but no, it's, it's, I freaked <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. When, when I'm like in a more, which is no, which is rational by the way, because <laughs> what you did, I mean, what you did is you, you worried about it at the time when we, when we didn't know jack shit about it. And then yeah. when it became apparent that it wasn't nearly yeah. as dangerous as it may have been, or as, you know, those preliminary crazy videos we saw were, you know, it's entirely rational at that point to say, okay, like based on this new information, you know, I'm going to reevaluate my position. Yeah. You just yeah. summed up the whole fucking thing. And that's the funny thing. We're always accused of like not caring about this shit or thinking that we want like people to die or something. It's like, we're the ones that want this best taken care of. You know, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. We're at it's 9% fun. unemployment right now. Evictions are starting to kick in across the country. It hasn't kicked in yet. Like the part we're scared yeah. about oh, hasn't kicked in boom. yet. Yeah. That's that's, the, that's why I keep sure. telling people it's the same problem when people talk about vaccines. It's like, oh, I've been fine. I, I got it two weeks ago. I'm good. It's like, yeah, you don't know. You like you, you're literally never don't <laughs> no like you know, none of this shit. <laughs> it's like like, yeah, like, I, I'm erring on the side of like just doing what I've been doing. You know what I'm saying? Like taking care of myself yeah. and and doing that. But like, yeah, it's like it's nice to know, like. It's it's kind of fr- I don't know how you feel about this, Jeff, because you kind of see some of your predictions and, and our predictions the same, like and the stuff we've been talking about for a while when it was taboo and you start to see it creep into the mainstream and do you get like, yeah. frustrated by it or do you, do you, are you a little bit happy by it? Cause I'm frustrated that it, I think the damage is done, unfortunately. Yeah. I think the damage, I think the damage is just, is done because <clears throat> I mean, I'll get the way that the arc of this thing all went, you know, I, I think that in the beginning, you know, sort of the mainstream or the ruling class or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, as we just talked about, we were on opposite sides there. Like guys like you and I were very, very concerned about it. And they were all telling us like, nah, get over it. Go to a Chinese restaurant. Remember that whole thing? Make sure you go to your local Chinese restaurant. DoorDash uh, your Chinese restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you do that. Make sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, like all that stuff. And then I think there are two things happened. One, they actually got a little bit scared that it would be serious. And number mm-hmm. and number two, once they started with, you know, lockdowns and all that sort of stuff, they realized that it could be played to an advantage in a couple different ways. Uh, you know, number one, it was a useful tool to crush small capital and funnel that capital upwards to the largest holders of capital. It's been incredibly effective at that. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. number two, uh, they realized like, oh man, we can use this to make sure that our guy wins the presidential election. I mean, I think that, that was, you know, in there as well. I still, to this day, don't quite understand why sort of our ruling class in the United States was so terrified by Donald Trump because he, it didn't seem like he did very much uh, no. to counter their interests, although that wasn't rhetorical. But I guess even the rhetoric they felt they needed to stamp out uh less the yeah. next guy you know take it more seriously well, they, they were worried about the next guy yeah exactly. yeah exactly and they were doing even less that's the sad <laughs> part like like you know like in yeah. donald trump like oh it's like, yeah you could, that's you, true you couldn't yeah. even jump ahead of it you couldn't even be like well we see your donald trump and raise you this it's no they couldn't yeah. even do that 
it was like, nah, he's fascist and get back to work, you know, stay in your house and, and do <laughs> nah, that. And it, it's also wild, too, that you needed COVID and all this Silicon Valley weirdo, like fortifying the election stuff to happen to beat him, to be yeah. the host of The Apprentice. Like, yeah. uh, like for a second term, like it's, mm-hmm. it's just nuts. Because you, people they, are desperate for something different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, desperate for a change. And I think the, yeah, the fact that such drastic measures had to be taken, I think are, is sort of evidence of that. But anyway, what I think happened after we sort of, when you want to do something like that, let, let's just, let's operate under the assumption that COVID was hyped up at that point for the cynical reasons that I just gave, right? Mm -hmm. You have to build an infrastructure around that. Even if let's say, you know, the people that are really pulling the strings here are doing it cynically, you need like a whole infrastructure of people to enforce this stuff. You need a scientific community that's going to promulgate guidelines, regulations, you know what I mean? Things like that to sort of support this whole narrative that you're pushing. And when you do that, a lot of times the most effective people to serve in those positions, sort of those middle management positions, are true believers. Mm. Um, And when you empower those people and you create an infrastructure like that, it can sometimes get out of hand. And and I think that this actually did go further probably than they would have liked. Yeah, I was going to ask. ask, Yeah, we're all on the same page on that. It seems a little, yeah. Yeah, I think it did get a little bit out of hand because they sort of when you when you put people in these positions, they do accrue real power. I mean, they're not yeah. you know as powerful as like the ruling class per se, but they do have some level of real power because they're setting the everyday on the ground regulations. Yeah. So I, I think it just sort of got way out of hand with these guys like, you know, like <laughs> Eric Ding and, and these, some of these people <laughs> yeah. that you see on Twitter. And I think that that's why they've had to be so aggressive so quickly on getting people to take their masks off, which they're having trouble with, yeah. by the way, if they you didn't notice. expect that. that was, oh, yeah, like they're, they're having trouble getting people to do that. And a lot of oh the God. epidemiology community thinks that we should be wearing them for another year, which is insane. Mm-hmm. But insane. that's 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 just a, you know, a side effect of what happens when you sort of empower the true believers and then at the same time you de-platform the yep. scientists that were more skeptical which were definitely out there the john ianidis oh yeah yeah people, people like that yeah who were who were deplatformed so who called it correctly who yeah called it, who, who basically smart. called it called it correctly <laughs> yeah exactly. within like a, within so. like a, a tenth of a percent max you know right like, yeah exactly that's crazy and then the other thing yeah. that's really interesting are the the people that are the true politicians like fauci you know what i mean like yeah when you're the head of the cdc or you're NIH. the head of the nios yeah. that's actually not really a science job that's a politics job it sort yes. of has to be by its nature because yeah. you're you're sort of interacting with the political system. And those people like Walensky and Fauci have sort of, they'll just change their position overnight to whatever the, you know, narrative that's being pushed is. And in Fauci's case, he'll even just say like, oh yeah, I was full of shit before. You know what I mean? Like, like, (laughs) that was pretty much admitted that like when he was talking to Rand Paul during the Senate hearings, I love that that he was just basically full of shit. You know what I mean? Like he's like, you know, like basically that's just, you know, what he's saying but speak speak on that Rand paul thing a little bit because i think every a lot of you know the mainstream take was like Rand paul gets roasted by fauci i did that whole that i accidentally hit Rand paul got beat up by his neighbor yeah yeah how could you yeah and it's like well and i don't know Rand paul's useful in as insofar as 
just putting someone you know feet to the fire on the lab leak thing you know even if it's even if it's messy even if it's whatever you know and that, and that shit man it's just <laughs> like it is possible that that Fauci's decisions led to gain of fat gain of function research in Wuhan that that caused coronavirus to escape that's yeah. a possibility and that would be the most insane possible like you couldn't write a better novel than the, the guy like the guy that's basically the head of this whole you know this this weird cult that we're living in uh is is the is the start of this shit is that you know is literally the source even if accidentally let's just assume that yeah, yeah 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 it's insane i just can't stop tripping on it and even people that are into like this covid stuff like we are are they're kind of like whatever like he's not important and i'm just like man but that's so beautiful that'd be so funny yeah so i don't know but just go, touching back on the yeah. Rand paul thing for a second too i i think that uh a lot of people think that Rand paul is an optometrist which he's not he's a physician man like he's like an eye surgeon okay, like yeah. so he's not just some buffoon talking to Fauci about these issues you know yeah, what I mean like that that was, was so odd about the the sort of reactions to that yeah. initial interview and then mm-hmm. you know of course Rand Paul ends up to ends up being sort of um validated in the end yeah because people say like oh are you a doctor it's like no I listen to doctors I it's not <laughs> it, I, like there's actual doctors that say oh I don't know if anyone yeah. remembers this I remember Sai sent me this video a long time ago and I was still not quite there yet like that this was all bullshit but like yeah I wasn't quite there yet, but do you remember that video, uh, Sai, where they where it was like those doctors are like, dude, this shit's bullshit. Like yeah. they're all in there, they're like they're it was like it was yeah, like March, dude, shit, yeah. and they're like, this is this is bullshit. Yeah. And like uh-huh. and they're like, Fauci is a should be in prison. And I'm like, whoa, it was like it was yeah. weird. It was like too much for me. I was like, whoa, my yeah, yeah. god, no, and, I I can't do it. It was crazy. They took it off the that. internet. Yeah, I yeah. Know. And yeah, if yeah. you talk, by the way, I mean, I had the opportunity through this. I was lucky. I kind of made some connections when I was kind of doing my own research on this. And if you talk to scientists and physicians off the record, Oh yeah. A lot of them believe this. They just weren't Mm -hmm. able to vocalize this because of what they, uh, what they knew it would do to their career. You know what I mean? To sort of come out against the dominant narrative. So they just kind of shut up about it. But many of them did know these things. They just were sort of hoping that it would all blow over, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what, what I find funny about this is people don't realize it is scientists doctors and stuff are forced into a narrative they're forced into to believe a narrative and this, this isn't even just COVID. this is for a lot of things food yeah, yeah. things like that they're forced into a narrative and then put on a pedestal like ahead of uh, like higher than most people as long as you fit that narrative so it's like they pump up your job title and then tell you what it has to be and it's like basically creating its own monster and then yeah. you know basically deplatforming anybody who's just like hey can we do some science they're like no no we can't and uh, it's it's, it's brutal. Just, yeah. It's just funny that for a lot of people, for a lot of like normies, as as we say, that this is the first time that some of them might be going, wait, the CDC might lie to us, you know, which is, you know, if you've been in this, you know, if you've known for a long time that, you know, that's that's going on, uh, which is why it's so it's been so frustrating for me because I just I just know too much about these organizations to, to trust someone iota. And I'm sure you all feel the same. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the CDC is interesting because I've, I'm hearing a lot of people say that why would they lie? They're an independent organization that, you know, they're, they're not making money off the vaccines, which is totally false. And like they're yeah. basically a vaccine corporation. Yeah. You know, and, and we, 
I don't know. We don't have to get into vaccines, like whether they're effective or not. You know, that's everyone has different. We, we do that every are, week. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just the, just the fact that they they hold lots of patents and vaccines and that's their main tool and their whole agenda, regardless of what you think about them, is interesting to note. And you sh- you wouldn't be wise to dismiss that out of hand, I would feel. Absolutely. Just to, just to say it in a totally approachable way, I guess, you know, for mm-hmm. for, for anyone listening. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and it's funny because just pivoting to the masks, because the, the masks are, are very funny. Like uh, just this last weekend, I was in Marin um, and, and it's like anybody who doesn't know the Bay Area, like Marin is like it's like rich lib. It's like uh, everybody is like get out like the movie Get Out, the, the <laughs> phrenologists like and stuff that yeah. they go like the race science people. Every every single person is like that out there. And um, I was a great farmer's market outdoors having a good time. And they, and it's like masks, please wear a mask. And I'm thinking here, I'm like, everybody here is vaccinated. I bet like everybody, yeah. they sprinted to the line, like, like chariots of fire music playing in the background to get, mm-hmm. to get, to get a Pfizer shot. And I'm thinking, and I'm seeing four-year-old kids getting pulled around in a wagon with a mask on. And like, well, yeah, that's the thing is it's the, so now, wild. The, the logical conclusion these guys have come to is that adults are free to roam if you've been vaccinated, but kids still have to wear masks and they want to talk about that this is like a cow you open up the door of like a you know a farm where the cow is going to get slaughtered and the cow's like "Ah, i kind of like it here you know and and, and they're like "Ah, that's kind of nice you know and and these people i saw people double masking outdoors at this thing and every like (sighs) i was just i it is it's a political statement at this point and they're trying so hard to get this experimental vaccine to children like just to get that last demographic um in there in, the, in their numbers and i i just i don't think the masks are going away i mean whether law whether it's written into law or not i don't think the masks are going away for a while i think like the epidemiologists were saying they should do it for a year i think people are going to do it for at least another six months Boom. i think it's going to be very regional uh oh yeah you know mm, in, yeah. you, you, i think in the northeast and in places like the bay area yeah that wouldn't surprise me if that's how it sickos how yeah hands out yeah. Portland, so, and Sorry. you got out you got out of the northeast man right i did you, yeah. you got out where were you uh new jersey oh word yeah in new jersey didn't the governor say something like recently the governor was like no we're still doing masks yeah like, new jersey uh new jersey california and god i think there's one other state are the only three left still doing masks. So you guys in California until June 15th. Weird Jersey, date, too. Weird date for Gavin Newsom to just decide to that. Pick. Yes. Yeah, he's just like, uh, two months ago, people did a chronicle of Gavin Newsom quotes about masks per month. It was really funny. And like one of them was like, you are literally, it was like, this was March. He was like, you're literally a murderer if you don't wear a mask. And then like <laughs> June 15th, he's like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, take it out. which is ironic because he's being recalled right now. So yes. <laughs> putting pl- pressure on your elected officials can get you uh, one. He's talking about a California stimulus and two, yeah, he's talking that. about getting rid of the mask. So it's like <laughs> people are like, oh, no, we can't push you know we gotta let we're scared of the conservatives so we gotta you know let the liberals do what they do no put heat on newsome get rid of these damn masks <laughs> that's what's up new jersey i don't think has still has a date at all at least in california you guys have june 15th i believe new jersey is just i think murphy's quote was just like we're just not quite there yet it's all he said <laughs> yeah. i don't even know what that means no no numbers involved yeah just, yeah. just no numbers and it's june funny because speaking of numbers with the children, when I saw this kid with a mask on, it like broke my heart because it's just yeah. like 
in 2021 i get if you did it at first all right whatever that's not a big deal but like you, you did it at first this kid's probably been wearing a mask for over a year i don't i don't not trying to say because i don't i haven't seen anything on it but there's going to be some stuff that happens like did you mess with your kid did, are kids breathing patterns messed up you know three years from now or something i, I could totally see i, I think more so than that it's going to be their whole like you know, young kids have to see faces to learn like emotions and like uh, nonverbal yeah. communication and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's what I yeah. would worry more mostly about. But this was uh, this was from the let's see. Yeah. The was, I don't know. Was the, the Intelligencer, I, I guess, is New York magazine. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, they were saying that uh, <laughs> that new research suggests that the number of kids hospitalized for covid it's a bit it's a bit much right oh, is what yeah, they were saying like they basically are yeah. saying that everything that we've been saying for the longest time that the numbers aren't right because that's really what should have done it for people right if you're a science yeah. trustor, look at the numbers but you were told not to do your own research because you don't know anything you're a disgusting pig and you don't know anything don't do your own research that's what that's what uh people were saying for a while but um they're saying it's as uh, the icu numbers which is what basically fueled the lockdowns um, in hospitals, and they were saying the children ICU was counted was overcounted by like forty percent, or something. Yeah, and it, and it was related to the difference between being hospitalized with COVID versus for COVID. And the funny part about that is, like, <laughs> the whole with for controversy was was considered like you know as recently as a few months ago that was considered like some sort of right wing insane yeah. trope thing. And it was the know? most obvious fact about the whole thing that was the craziest you know that was the weird thing is it was the most obvious fact but it was immediately got othered you know yeah. into you couldn't have that take yeah like or, the forced take you can't, or that instagram that instagram thread that i sent you the other day where yeah, uh, it was all that. these so it was all these nurses that were like some lady like left a meme that said like, Hey, nurses, like what's been going on at your guys' hospital COVID protocols. Like, how do you feel about it? Like sound off in the comments, which I felt like was kind of like some fed shit to say, honestly, yeah. but yeah, whatever. <laughs> it led to some great content. Tag your location. Yeah. Location, your... hospital yeah. badge number. And, um, <laughs> the, uh, but like a, a lot, a lot of nurses were like, this is horse shit. This sucks. My <laughs> hospital's been ICU has been empty for like over a year now. I mean, just not at least not filled more than it normally would be. Yeah. It's yeah. Bad. And it's like nurse after nurse commenting and stuff. And like you click on some of these pictures. I'm like, well, is this person a nurse? And they're like in scrubs and stuff like in their pictures and stuff. It's not. I mean, you know. Yeah. And it's, the, a, it's, it's the opposite of what the propaganda campaign wants. So it's not like it's some I don't I wouldn't say it's some other some other side battling it out. It's an authentic response to to what's going on in the, you know, in the field, basically. Yeah. And I was reading about the, the field hospital they built in some like tennis arena uh, where they, they only served like 55 people or something like that. And they were paying, they were paying nurses like two grand a day just to chill on their iPhones or whatever. And they, and they all felt good. They were like, this is, we feel guilty because this is well, that's who made all the TikToks then. Right. The nurse, oh, the nurse yeah, TikToks. That's how they were, yeah. they were. They were doing that from the field hospitals, probably. <laughs> but man, uh, it's so weird how th like just like a epiphenomenon can just reverberate, and something becomes true just from like a performance or, or just a, a little cover up or something. It's it's very strange, and yeah, none of us are saying people aren't dying from COVID. That's the thing. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. some, some crazy thing. And there's the flu thing too, and. But you nailed it on that other podcast with the masks because I held onto the masks for a little little while too. I was never 
into them, I was just like, whatever, I don't mind. Doing yeah, not this. a big deal. Yeah, I'll but wear it. See, when you just mm-hmm. see data after data, just chart after chart of like mask mandate, boom, and then boop, it's like no correlation, sometimes inverse correlation. And yeah, it's incredible. Do you want to, you got anything else to say about masks? Yeah, I mean, just that if you look at the actual like controlled trials on masks, I mean, there's just no benefit, right? The only, yeah. you know, uh, studies that show significant benefits to masks are basically just computer models where like they'll like you know they'll put a guy in a mask in like a a tube and have him breathe real hard and then try to extrapolate that data you know out to what what in fact you know what should happen based on a scientific model that really has no basis in reality right Mm -hmm. but when you actually look at controlled trials for masks uh even COVID specific ones of which there are not many, but they're out there. They don't really show much benefit. And then, I mean, just more generalized fashion with regard to the surgical masks, different issue. Cause you're talking about wound infection, but a lot of people think that surgical masks that physicians wear those in surgery to prevent, you know, infections, but they don't, I mean, we know really, really, uh, with, excuse me, really, really strong evidence that they don't even do that. I mean, in the, 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 mo- the, excuse me, the largest study that was done on that point was done in the eighties in the United Kingdom, where a hot, it was the Neil Orr, I believe the Orr study, um, in a hospital there, they basically just for like six months or something, just did all their surgeries with no masks. And then they just compared the infection data to what they had, you know, infection data that they had collected for the, you know, 30 years prior uh, of doing surgeries with masks. And they actually found a very small decrease in infection uh, by getting rid of masks. So, you know, the, the, the criticism of what I just said there is that, you know, you're talking about uh, bacterial infection rather than a respiratory viral mm-hmm. infection. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's all respiratory particulates that you're worried about blocking. Yeah. And the COVID studies that we do have that are controlled trials for COVID and influenza basically correspond to that and show that there's no, there's really not much, if any benefit at all to wearing these things. It was just sort of a totem that I, I think the masking really started because they had scared the crap out of people, but they still needed, you know, essential workers to go into work every day. You know what I mean? They right. needed people that worked in the grocery store, in the pharmacy, DoorDash drivers that brought all these, sure. you know, scared Big people their, brought their the groceries to your trough. Yeah, exactly. Like no. <laughs> they needed all those people to go to work. So they just, I mean, they could have used an amethyst am- amulet if they wanted to, but they had to come up with something, yeah. you know, that would make these people feel safe. And what they, what they sort of came up with was the masks, you know, yeah. and then it sort of, yeah. as we discussed, as these things are wont to do, it just sort of from that point going forward, just took on a life of its own. It totally yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. The, uh, so the last thing I wanted to talk about with you, um, cause you had a, you had a tweet of, about a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. and I, and I, I, I thought it was so funny because this is, this is around the time that Joe Rogan said that young, healthy people, uh, don't, mm-hmm. you know, in his yeah. opinion, his opinion, uh, not, and the guy self, the guy calls himself an idiot, which is funny, yeah. but then people assign him like you know, MD after his name and then criticize him. It's really <laughs> weird. Um, yeah. and then he says, he said, oh, yeah, they don't need the vaccine. But you said I would I would have 
Joe Rogan be the head of CDC, and I'm serious. <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> yeah, it, dude. I, I yeah. agree. Like, I mean, I think it'd be a better. Ironic, on our, not if Joe Rogan's advice. If we if we did just take vitamin D, that's all he did. It would transform the entire arc of humanity. I'm convinced. <laughs> like, it yeah, would, if it he extend our lifespan by like four years minimum. We wouldn't have like colder flu like we do now. Yeah, it's crazy. That was a beautiful. You just got some sun and some exercise and maintained a healthy weight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what more do you need at yeah. that point compared to what we got now? But they yeah. make you—they make you like I, there. There's trails out here in the Bay Area, like running trails, and they're like masks got to be on. You're like, what? You know what I mean? Like, it's like it's it makes weird. it. They made it I'll hard to work out, like which is insane. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like, yeah, the sweat droplets could, and <laughs> and it's it's the it's the no. weirdest thing. But like, I laughed at. Joe Rogan. I hate that Joe Rogan backs down off this shit, though. That's the one thing yeah, I hate yeah. about him. Why does it? Why? Spotify is not going to fire you. Like they would have already. They would have never signed you. You've had. They've had like. Doesn't he have like he, Stefan Mullen on his he show? Just has like, to hedge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's just doing a yeah. hedge. He's, he's like doing a Bitcoin like one X short. He's like, well, maybe I'm wrong. You know. See, so yeah. I know. Any, but yeah. he, but he always says, "Oh, I love like the New York Times and stuff." It's like they hate you. Yeah. Like they don't <laughs> like you. Like none of these people like you. Stop it. Just double down. Like yeah. I, I like he he'll say a great point and then he's like, What do I know? I'm retarded. And it's yeah. like, well, and you know what always- I love about the, the Rogan thing when he's he came out and said after, but he's like, Yeah, Biden hit Biden and his team hit us up to, if we could come on and we're like, No, nah, we're not I do it. I would love if Biden just by himself, nobody did a three hour Rogan, like with his brain yeah, the way it is. That would be oh something my to see. god, dude. That'd be one of the ages, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Just have a soft serve ice cream machine ready for him to go, man. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it'd be it'd be yeah. unbelievable. But yeah, it's like funny. it's funny, like, because I'm always like I, I put a like a tweet out one time where I was like, show me on the doll where Joe Rogan hurt you. Cause like that's yeah. It where? Like what I'm sorry, you cannot assign these people job titles that they don't have. He's a podcaster, he was a famous comedian, he was a host of a TV show, he had a platform. Obviously, a lot of people like him. But they assign him like more power than Biden. Like they make, you know, what I mean, it's 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 just nuts to me. And well, that's and, his threat is he's so popular and he just represents a normal dude, you know. And yeah, or like the Spotify employees saying like, I just don't feel comfortable working here anymore now well, that Joe Rogan's here. Yeah, Bob Beef has this theory that there are certain people that because they sort of freestyle when they speak, even mm-hmm. if they don't say anything. And some of these people don't even say anything that controversial, but just even the idea that they might say something controversial because they're not on a specific sort of script that makes them really mad. You know what I mean? And a couple Mm -hmm. of the other examples he gave were like, you know, it could be really disparate types of people like Andrew Yang and Charles Barkley are both like that too. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like similar situations and get similar, you know, reactions. I remember Charles Barkley was like, yeah, all I'm saying is these protests, uh, BLM protests are cool. But all I'm saying is if you get pulled over, listen to the officer. And like everyone's like, whoa, what? It's like, stop it. <laughs> it's like, he's like, oh, I come from like three generations of cops. And so, I, I yeah. remember that. That's funny. And, and yeah, that's just uh, like, I mean, I would any of us three, I would put at the top of the CDC. You know, what I mean, I'd put a team around us, of course. But like, yeah, it, it's funny that like like the lit like I was talking about this on our last episode. Like the liberals and the people who in the left, especially that always call for somebody to have accountability when they're, you know, canceling them and stuff. Oh, it's accountability. But it's like, have you ever would they ever be accountable by completely botching this stuff? They will never be accountable by it. I don't think they'll ever they will never 
ever live it down. Uh, I mean, that's why you know we we all do what we do, right? Is to like you got to hammer it home, man. Like the data never showed that you needed to lock down. Yeah, it never. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's nuts. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know what to I don't I don't know like because I feel like and I was talking to Jeff before this like in 2016 when everything 2016 everything changed like I don't know some of my friends anymore like I don't know yeah. even Ooh, during dude. COVID like California's been horribly locked down I've had two friends check on me which is yeah. like a cell phone it's an L on my part like hey whoa two friends right like yeah. I've had two friends that I don't normally talk to go hey how's everything going yeah. I could have been dead for a year. And like, <laughs> I've just, I've just, we've become, especially out in the Bay Area, and I'm sure Jeffy felt this way in New Jersey. It's like, we're just, there is no sense of community anymore. And I think it was ruined in 2016, not by Trump, but just Trump was at the helm of it. And then and it's now fun, and, yeah. we'll never get it. I don't think we'll get it back for a long time. You know, yeah. uh, it'd be with, with this COVID stuff, it was the perfect way to break up any sense of community. Cause you're, you're all people inside your own community could murder you with advice. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, yeah. the COVID thing was like an accelerant to a society wide trend that had been brewing for a while, but it was mm-hmm. like just sort of lit a match to it, you know, or pour gasoline on it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was, it wasn't, it didn't cause anything. It was the, it was the cause of other things. Like, can you imagine a pandemic like this quote unquote without the, the smartphone? You know yeah. I mean? the, I, it's, one of the things I talked about very early on is like none of this pandemic would have happened without the internet yeah, or without yeah, high speed internet. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. couldn't have even done it in like Oh seven. You no, know what I mean? Yeah. It wouldn't they have worked. Would have needed people to go to work and yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like now, like, the company my dad works at, they were down from like seven offices down to one, you know, yeah. it's like a, like a capitalist wet dream. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I have all these people at home. I can monitor them through their computer. I, I know what they're doing. And then, uh, yeah, it's nuts. But uh, Jeff, I we really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, thanks for having me guys. Yeah, it was no, a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah no problem. So yeah, I mean, we, we had a pretty problematic episode. All we did was talk about Bitcoin, COVID truther and Joe Rogan. So, uh, I mean, that's pretty much, uh, this like, pre- yeah, this is bread and butter for us. Yeah. Always <laughs> your favorites. I yeah, know. There you go. Yeah. I, I, mean, I was telling like my mom, my mom was like, you listen to Joe Rogan. I was just like, Oh God. Like, what? Yeah, three yeah. million people do like, <laughs> yeah. Niche guys. Oprah. Yeah. 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 I don't, I, I mean, like there's people like Alyssa Milano crying about not having the same numbers as Joe Rogan. That was the funniest thing when she's like, my yeah, podcast doesn't do as well as Joe Rogan. It's like, yeah, it just sucks. And nobody, nobody can, does. Well, and nobody <laughs> could see you. That's the thing, right? Oh, so like, funny. no, I mean, yeah. what was the reason anybody liked her? And yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so, Jeff, go ahead and drop uh, everywhere where people can find you for now um, and uh, just do any plugs that you have. Uh, and yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, so yeah, uh, easiest way to find me is probably on Twitter at Vandrew A-T-T-Y-C-P-A, uh, or you can go to my website, keykeeperira.com. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the two best ways to find me. Every Tuesday night, I do the uh, good old boys live stream with the with Bog Beef and Merrick. So that's a lot of fun. You can check us out there as well. Yeah, that's a very worthy Patreon uh, subscription. I have to say, as oh. a, as a patron myself, that's a that's a very worthy uh, 
thing. Those guys do really good work. I uh, would love to talk to them one day, actually. So that, that'd be uh, that'd be good. So um, awesome. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, that's our episode where everybody knows where to find us. If you listen to the show, I'm at Glenn Rockney. He's at Crypto Psy. That's P.S.I. And uh, this is at Rare Candy Pod one on Twitter. Uh, appreciate everybody for tuning in.